Hello and bienvenidos to Ancestors in Mente podcast with me, your host, Alan Chirino. To learn more about the show and see additional content related to each episode, visit and follow the show's Instagram page at Ancestors in Mente. And if you like what you hear, please subscribe, rate, and leave a review on iTunes. Now, on with the show. Welcome, welcome, and muchos thank yous for joining me in another episode of Ancestors de Mente Podcast, where we talk about all things impacting and influencing the Latinx community, and where spirituality meets mental health for elevating our minds and collective through ancestral wisdom. In this episode, we're talking toxic positivity. Because there's nothing positive about singing Kumbaya, my lord, after you learn it's originally an African-American spiritual begging God for divine intervention on behalf of blacks, suffering from the Jim Crow laws and lynchings of the 1920s, and then only to be appropriated by white folklorists talking about brotherhood. If that doesn't illustrate the silencing power of toxic positivity, then I don't know what does. Stay tuned. This episode I'm pulling from Carolyn Mrs. or Mices. Otra vez, I don't know how to say that last name, but it's her wisdom for healing cards deck. And on the front cover it says 50 lessons in personal empowerment. And it's not an oracle deck in the way that a lot of people think about oracle decks, but it, I like the messages of these cards and that it gives you a task about how to practice the lessons that they give you. So I'm just going to put one card, one more to shuffle. That's good enough. Quick little hand slides. And all right, let's see. This episode's card is titled Reclaim Your Power. And on the other side, it says this lesson um, that reads, note one reason why you give away power in your everyday life and then ask yourself if that situation is worth losing your peace of mind over. Your goal? To reclaim your power in a positive and mindful way. Ooh, okay. Okay, okay. So the goal is to reclaim your power in a positive and mindful way. <clears throat> Alright, so I'm gonna change I'm gonna change this up because this episode is on toxic positivity. And the car states reclaiming power in a positive and mindful way. Well, the way I see it is that positive is relative. Because positive can refer to what's positive for you. If you need to reclaim your power by ending communication with somebody because it's gotten so bad where they're not willing to compromise, then that's positive and healthy for you. The same as if you need to raise your voice in rage and fight for your rights, then that's positive too. And if you need to romper hocico, punch somebody in the face because they're dangerously harassing you and trying to control you, then that might be positive too, and that's your business. But you make sure you do it in a mindful way, okay? <laughs> so I think that this is a good lesson. I think it's important that we look into why we give away our power in our everyday life. And I can say that I give away my power when I'm allowing people to take up more of my time and just letting them practically run rampant with it. So 
like I'll make plans to meet up with a friend on a Saturday, but I know that I can probably only really hang out for like two or three hours the most because I'm usually pretty busy anyway and that there's like a lot of things I want to be able to enjoy on my days off too, you know? And I'll end up letting my friends occupy my time for much longer than what I'm able to do. And that can lead me to having to rush or cancel other plans later. And it does. It, it's, it does stress me out. So I'm going to work on that. And I hope you find ways for reclaiming your power too. Okay, everybody, it's Topic Tiempo Tema time. So please raise your hand if you've ever been personally victimized by toxic positivity. I'm currently raising my hand, and if you've ever gone through some tough shit and heard advice like, it could be worse, or count your blessings, or things will get better, you'll see, then you have most definitely been a victim of toxic positivity. So what is that? ¿Qué es ese toxic positivity? Bueno, toxic positivity is a blanket of happiness and empty optimism, really, that usually leaves people in denial about the hard and difficult situations that exist. And it's toxic because it usually ends up with ignoring really important moments for people when they're feeling sad or are grieving, for example. And it doesn't just stop there because... Toxic positivity tries to silence anyone's expressions of anger, rage, and any other emotions and feelings like jealousy, fear, so on. You get the gist. Anything that, you know, you wouldn't, that, that I probably the Care Bears fight about. Um, <laughs> I don't even know why I said that because I, I haven't even really watched the Care Bears like that. I don't, I think I watched them once. I don't remember. Um, but anyway, so you've probably heard it also in today's com spiritual communities. And that's when you hear things like, you attract what you put out. Just think positively and only things will come to you. And all that being said, mind you, by the way, while there's like celestial music playing in the background. Um, as well as the ideas of good vibes only. Okay, I see that a lot. And also this the concepts of like high vibrations. You know, like, oh, like, you know, you want to operate high vibrations or the way that those people are behaving are low vibrations. Those are all attempts to put people down and shame them. And yes, so putting people down and shaming are often the consequences of this toxic positivity because it makes the person who is being negative, so to speak, in any kind of way that think that there's something wrong with them if they can't look at their life or situation in a happy-go-lucky kind of way. So I remember one day I posted on my personal Facebook page um, a status where I wasn't feeling all that great that day. And for the sake of this episode, I actually looked back and scrolled all the way through my wall to find it. And I did because um, this was like a few years ago, but yo me acuerdo de todo. I don't forget things. Um, <laughs> I just I just don't. I think thank God that I have really good memory. Um and I took a screenshot of it so I can read it to you guys. And also read the responses because the responses were really interesting. They were positively toxic. So 
On August 11, 2015, um, I wrote, Today, I feel sad, and that's okay. Instead of trying to make myself feel happy by distracting myself with temporary things, I'm going to choose to fully experience this sadness. It's funny posting this, but I thought I'd let everyone know, laugh out loud. Have a good day, everyone. And if you're feeling sad, too, want to fully experience it as well. Bueno. I had one cousin who actually replied with, I'll be sad with you. And I thought that was awesome. But the other responses that I got were things saying, um, like, we all feel like that sometimes, but there's always someone to help lift our spirits. And another one that said, "Not, no use in letting it dominate you. This too shall pass. And yo odio that fucking that statement. This too shall pass. Like, I don't know. I get this image of Moses parting the Red Sea. Don't know why. Has no nothing to do with this. But that's what I get in my head. And that's the sort of empty optimism that tries to shut up and erase those feelings. I'm feeling sad. And then all of a sudden, the immediate answer is, well, let's let's get that out of you. So don't get me wrong with with all of this, because toxic positivity, for the most part, is usually well-intentioned, even though I have to say that well-intentioned is supposed to gratify. I don't know who because it doesn't gratify usually the person receiving it. <laughs> so um, when I read these responses, um, I have to be honest, like I wasn't really sure what to do with it. Like on one side, I um, I was kind of neutral with them because again, like they're empty statements. But on the other, I was slightly confused because I wasn't seeking any advice. My reason in making that post was one, yo hago lo que me da la gana. I'll do whatever I want with my page. And two, I want to sort of validate anybody who might be feeling that as well. You know, hence why I asked, like, if you're feeling sad too, if you want to fully experience that as well. I was kind of like trying to encourage people to maybe want to do something like that. And so to other people, hearing or reading those kinds of messages can leave you feeling unheard of unheard and and hopeless since the pressures to be positive are overwhelming and there's studies that do show that trying to live up to this culture of perpetual optimism leads to a decrease in well-being and it usually leads people well not usually but it can um lead people towards other forms of dealing with their pain like drugs alcohol and just getting involved in shady and risky shit and toxic positivity Toxic positivity, like it kind of like I don't it doesn't only affect the individual either because it ends up having an effect on whole entire communities. And the ones I have in mind, they're like the thing I have in mind in my head right now. Like if we look if we look at the recent protests and outcries for racial justice and Black Lives Matter, a lot of people on social media argued about the vandalizing that was being done in cities. And now we can have a whole conversation about who, about differentiating, um, you know, between looters and actual protesters. But we're not, we're not going to make that the focus of this episode whatsoever. But regardless of who was doing the vandalizing, you had, you still had people saying things like, 
oh, I get the protest and all, but I don't think that there should be any violence or destruction of property. If you want to protest, protest peacefully. We should be striving for peace and equality. Let's not forget about that message. And like, sure, you know, <laughs> sure thing. Absolutely. Susan, Karen, Madison Lee. We got you. Thank you. Peace and equality. Tremenda pendeja. Literally, in just that statement, we have toxic positivity because it's deterring. It's deterring from the reality of current injustices and calls out the behaviors of a few people rather than the overall message for ending police brutality towards people of color. So you see where that problem is? It literally silences them. And we also ended up seeing toxic positivity as people got tired of hearing all the quote unquote negativity and begging everyone to focus on the good that people possess. So the issue here is the absolute inability to sit with those unpleasant emotions and feelings. People heard them, they were all over the media, they were all over social media, and it was lasted like what? a few days a week until people were eventually like, okay, I can't handle anymore. But excuse the slight vulgarity. Pero tú ya tienes pelo por donde quiera. You have hair growing in all sorts of places, meaning you're grown. So stop avoiding the uncomfortable. You're required to be involved in this work. The avoidance of so-called negative emotions is detrimental to our mental health and personal growth. Because by trying to constantly shut off those parts of ourselves or sacándote eso de la cabeza, literally trying to get rid of those thoughts and feelings, we're cutting ourselves off from our intuition. And I'll explain. So when negative reactions like anger, guilt, fear, shame, and so on arise, they're telling us something about ourselves and the situation that arouses them. For example, if we're angered by something, let's say, mm, I don't know, the regular killings of black Americans at the hands of police, then our anger is telling us that something is wrong with what we're hearing, that perhaps there's something that needs to be addressed in order to change that. And if we feel fear about possibly, possibly like a contracting um, COVID-19, then we can look inward and understand that perhaps our instincts are telling us that you should put on a fucking mask and limit how much you're around people and maintain social distancing. So you see, negative emotions can work wonders. <laughs> but aside from the examples like the one I mentioned that I've just mentioned, attending to and processing negative emotions are key for growing as a person. Um, so again, I'll illustrate. You, you get jealous about your partner going out with their friends. What about that bothers you? Processing that jealousy will help you reconcile those insecurities and allow you to trust in others and improve your relationship. Negative emotions might also give us clues about trauma, by the way, from past experiences and allow you to begin healing. And by the way, um, if this message has been coming off in any way as aggressive to you, then guess what? I just gave you an opportunity to sit with that reaction and figure out why this is why this feels unpleasant to you 
And I can tell you that part of your aversive response has to do with something you may not be attending to. So see that? Sit with that for a little bit. So the idea of working with these strong emotions is not to dwell in them and make them your whole life. No one's, no one, no one likes that. No one's actually saying that anyway. But it also helps us develop into our whole self. And we're able to do this through what's called shadow work, which we'll get to in the next segment. Okay, so the psychiatrist Carl Jung said, I'd rather be whole than good. And he's talking about, he was talking about unifying the shadow self with the rest of yourself. And he had this idea that we have this co collective unconscious, basically this universal knowledge that exists in all of us across all cultures. And there we have these things called archetypes, like the mother, the trickster, the persona, the self, and the shadow. Um, and there was a whole bunch of other ones. So it's why we see these themes of like the nurturing, compassionate mother and the myths, the fairy tales and the stories um, throughout all parts of the world. And also like the wise old sage um, who helps the seeker on their path towards self-realization and enlightenment. Um, but then but then there's the shadow. OK, and and the shadow is the part of us that's made up of our dark thoughts and fantasies. Okay, all the things you don't really want to say out loud and that you're ashamed of. And the they're also the repressed in there. You have the repressed thoughts you hold back because to indulge in them would be far too risky. And people almost always try to consciously push and run away from their shadow. And they end up saying things like, oh, I'm nothing like that. I would never do those things. Where really they probably want to. And interestingly enough, there's things, um, you know, Jung would say too, that a lot of times where we see sources of our shadow is when we project things onto other people. So like if, for example, you see, um, let's say, uh, um, a woman who is, I don't know, like promiscuous, right? Like she, she's very much in touch with her body. She, she loves her body and she's, and she sleeps with different men regularly. And that's okay for her. Um, you looking at that might think that that's like a horrible thing that she's a whore that she doesn't really love herself but really what that's really talking about is probably something that you've repressed in your shadow and that might actually be a thing that you might be interested in okay so understand that part so the shadow is like our animal selves and it's the source of our creative and destructive energies the shadow typically gets rejected by the conscious self, like I said before, because we want to be perceived under this idea of, of good. And if you listen to the last episode on Eurocentrism, you would know that this is a part of that dualistic thinking of good and bad. So we know that all of this nonsense of being either or is related to that concept. But oh, guess what? Young was down with the brown and all the ethnicities and cultures of the world. So, I mean... 
where do you think that he got all this information from? <laughs> like, like this was, this was not, he was not learning this in Vienna <laughs> and he was not learning this in, in, in London or something. I, I think he was like living in London for a while. Um, but he traveled all over the, all over the place, mainly East Africa and India, but those were good places to go for understanding non-dualistic thinking, I think. Um, and so, he said that the shadows something that we need to recognize and we need to work with it because everything about the shadow is still a part of us, right? As much as we reject it, it's still a part of us. And that makes sense, right? So just because you don't like your butt, for example, doesn't mean you're never going to sit on it, right? Or just because you don't like your feet doesn't mean you won't buy shoes for them and stand or walk, you know, catch my drift. These are horrible analogies, I understand. But I think I think you're picking up what I'm putting down, okay? <laughs> we have to fully accept all parts of ourselves. So starting shadow work requires you to be quiet and sit in silence and maybe have something to write with and write on. Um, we don't want any distractions when we start this, basically. Because we, we have distractions already all the time. And they're just going to keep you from encountering the shadow. So sit quietly and sit in pure silence. Once you're sitting there silently with no TV, cell phone, internet, reading material, nothing. You're going to just have a whole bunch of things coming up for yourself. Maybe that bill that you forgot to pay, the pedicure you wanted to get, your future plans, etc. You'll also start to have unpleasant thoughts come up. Maybe even stuff you haven't entertained in a while. And it's going to start getting really uncomfortable. But you got to continue sitting with it. And you can keep sitting with it and start writing what emotions come up for you. So, <clears throat> for example, if shame... If shame comes up, you write shame and then you start continuing down that list of emotions that arise. Then you'll take it a step further and begin to review your list. And you could go along with connecting those emotions to the thoughts that surfaced up. So if you experience shame, what are you ashamed of? And then does that cause you to avoid thing, certain behaviors or participating in, in certain activities. You have to allow your emotions to guide you through this because it's it's like the thing of like riding the waves of those unpleasant sensations um, because we're working towards unearthing these motives in, and that's the work of coming to accept, um, to eventually come and accept these things about yourself and help you understand and eventually overcome them so you can grow as a person, right? And this is basically the beginning process of shadow work. And keep in mind that you don't have to pick apart and throw yourself into all those unpleasant emotions at once. Shadow work is useful to engage in regularly, but you don't want to do, you know, you don't want to get too heavy with it all the time. Everything has to be done in moderation. Okay, and this, this isn't a race. So to summarize, you would be working towards knowing what's in your shadow self 
by connecting through so-called negative emotions, which would help you understand the reasons and motives for stuff you consciously reject and avoid. Okay, you got it? Okay. Oh, and one last thing. You might experience in your shadow work journey moments of deep sadness, being in like disgust of yourself and having like low self-esteem. And this is what Jung called the night sea journey or what many call today the dark night of the soul. Super dramatic, right? Sounds like really, I don't know, like very dun dun dun, like very dark and well, it is. Um, but it's when basically what that is, is that it's when you've faced the shadow head on and meaning that you've removed all the faces that you put on for everybody else. And at those moments, you should seek support because even though your journey inward is one that you do alone, that doesn't mean that you don't get support and help from those that you trust when you're not engaged in this work. So good luck. Okay, so we have reached the end of this episode. And as usual, I'm ending this with a tower reading. Um, in this episode, I'm using the Radiant Wise Spirit Tarot by Los Carabeo. And basically, it's the Rider Waite Smith deck. Um, just it's done up with um, a really nice cardstock. Um, I've, I like the shading and the, and the colors that they've used for the cards um, makes it look really nice. So, uh, yeah, I like it. I'll go back to, I have like a whole bunch of different kinds of um, Rider Waite Smith decks. Um, but I think this one is pretty much my favorite. Um, okay, so I've used this episode's tower reading to give us more insight about shadow work. The cards, as usual, also have already been shuffled and I've already laid out the cards. Um, I did a nine card spread again, as usual. And as a reminder, you can also see the spread on Instagram, by the way, by following um, at Ancestor and Mente, Ancestors and Mente. And you're more than welcome to leave a comment on the spread if you'd like. All right. So immediately over here, I see the three of pentacles. And that's giving me this message that we uh, like to remind us basically of that we create our own realities. So if you avoid or repress things, um, then your worldview will reflect that. And that's not such a good idea because when I see over here, the seven of swords, that shows me that those repressed and avoided thoughts and feelings, they're going to like, they're going to slip out and they're going to show up in the most embarrassing and awkward of situations. So repressing actually does does us very little good now um i also see here that we have three queens that show up in this reading the queen of pentacles the queen of cups and the queen of wands and that when i'm looking at them it kind of gives me this idea of like this is like this is basically like your approach to this work um that you handle it with practicality that you show compassion towards yourself and that you actually make an effort in doing this, okay? 
Um, when I see the Page of Cups and the Magician, they suggest that um, during your shadow work, you're going to encounter emotions that you weren't even aware of, which makes sense because these archetypes are things that exist, um, you know, like the shadow included, they exist in the unconscious. They're things that we don't normally um, think about. We're not really aware of them for the most part, hence, again, unconscious or subconscious. Um, but when you bring them up to surface, your job is going to be doing that of what the magician does, which is going to be performing this like emotional alchemical process of transforming um, um, those shattered emotions and thoughts into growth and development. And doesn't that just sound wonderful? <laughs> like just being able to do like this whole switching up of of these energies that are for the most part unpleasant because they are in your in your shadow and then making them kind of like work for you that's amazing and also really hard so i mean it sounds like you know a lot easier said than done but you're you're gonna you're gonna benefit from it okay so Finally, we have um, the Three of Wands and the Ten of Swords, and that tells me that you're really going to be required to dig deep, okay? So um, if you find basically that shadow work is going easy for you, then you're probably not even fully doing it because shadow work is supposed to be unpleasant. And that sounds really ma like masochistic. Like it's like, oh yeah, like it's not, it, you're not really doing it until it feels really bad. <laughs> like that's, that's kind of like that kind of idea. But the truth of the matter is, is that we have to remember the reason why it's unpleasant is because of the contents that you're going to find in the shadow. All of it's unpleasant. All of it's repressed. All of it's stuff that we don't want to actively work with. But, and that's why it's unpleasant, but that's kind of the process of it. Um, and... To be honest with you, that's that's kind of going to be the work to do to transform those things. But I can tell you that you'll be better off once you do. That is it for this episode. Thanks again for joining me and listening. I hope you're inspired to do some shadow work yourself. And if you're gonna do it or you've done some of that work in the past, you can hit me up on an Instagram at Ancestors and Mente if you wanna share what that was like. If you have any questions, you can also reach out to me on there by sending me a DM or you can email me at ancestorsandmente at gmail.com. And if you decide to subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes, you will be contributing to my overall felicidad and doing a good deed of the day. Until next time, may the ancestors guide, love, and protect you always. Bye.